congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, especially as you wander in the desert of this world and face temptations every second of every day. And all are sinful and fall, have fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3. So it's not the sense that, that we give in to temptation when temptation comes. We have been um, living in sin and in evil. And what happens is Jesus Christ comes. God comes through his word. This goes all the way back to the garden, to Adam and Eve. An inherited sin. A sin that has plagued the entire human race. How many of you are worried about coronavirus? Admit it. The, the, the threat. Is that a fever pitch? It's the worst thing ever if you believe what you hear. But what's interesting is that this plague, this this real disease called sin has eradicated the human race. It has a 100% catch rate. Everyone has been infected. And in the midst of this pandemic called sin, Jesus Christ comes. And that's why the temptation of Jesus is so important. Because what Jesus does is amazing. I like the uh, children's sermon today. And, you know, Suzanne even said it's kind of like a model. And it is. It, we should certainly model uh, what Jesus does and how he does it. But there's something deeper there than just a, a modeling. It's an actual, real accomplishment that Jesus accomplishes himself and he doesn't do it for himself he actually does it for us for me and for you in the midst of our pandemic called sin Jesus Christ comes and is not sin now this is where an analogy any analogy is going to break down because we might think oh well then he is the serum to to cure sin no that's not what's happening. It's not like you can go get a shot and now you're cured from sin. That's not what happens. Instead, what happens is Jesus comes and dies for sin. He atones for sin. He puts that sin away from you as far as the east is from the west, but the struggle is still very real against me who is still a sinner and the righteousness of God that is only in Jesus Christ. If you're like me, you struggle with this. You struggle with temptation every single day. Now sometimes the church, I think that its teaching can mislead sometimes. And I don't think I've ever heard it, but I remember feeling it when I heard sermons. That when temptation comes, what should you do? If someone comes and wants to tempt you, what should you do? If you were like me, run away. A temptation comes, and I go, oh, no, 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 not you. Run away, run away. But what does God do? What does Jesus do? Does Jesus run away? Jesus doesn't run away from the devil. I think that's interesting. 
Jesus faces the temptation head on. And how does he face it? With the word of God. Not as a model, but as a reality. The word of God is the weapon of righteousness. Not our righteousness, but God's righteousness. The word of God is the sword and shield. These mighty weapons in the first verse of Mighty Fortress, these mighty weapons that have now been gifted to the church. And we use this weapon, the weapon of God's word against the evil foe. Temptation in and of itself is not bad. What? What, pastor? No, it's actually really good. Because when temptation comes, we can now take the, the, the gift of God, which is his son, Jesus Christ, the word become flesh in the incarnation, and now use it by the power of the Holy Spirit against the evil foe. And this is the only thing that can defeat the evil foe, is the blood of Jesus Christ shed upon us. So I pray for each one of you that temptation comes. Not that God's leading you there, but that the devil brings it. And that you then stand firm with that word of God and you say to the devil, no, 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 no. I am the blood-bought child of God. He has redeemed me and I am sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you, devil, no longer have power over me. Get away. Devil, leave. That's church discipline. That's Christian discipline. Don't run away from this temptation. Run away from sin. That's Sin is when you give in to temptation, and we really don't have to give in to it if we're going to be honest. It's not like it's something that's way out there, and we go, oh, I'll just give in to it. Our desire for sin is very, very real. And it's not the big sin. I'm not talking about the big sins that, that none of us have actually committed, murder and those types of things. I'm talking about the little bitty sin of self-sufficiency. How about that one? The sin of self-sufficiency is this. I can do it. I can take care of this life. I can do it on my own. Let's go to the temptation real quick. First thing Jesus is tempted with is what? Turn this stone into bread. If Jesus turns stone into bread, then he is what? Self-sufficient. He can feed himself. He can turn the stone into bread, and then by that self-sufficiency, he himself can feed himself. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't give in to the temptation. Instead, he says, no, it is written, God said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, the word of the Lord is our bread. It gives life. And that daily bread, especially when we talk about it in the Lord's Prayer, I've, I've preached on this before, and we'll just mention it again here quickly. You and I don't know what daily bread is. I have weekly bread. 
I have bread for weeks in my refrigerator and cupboard. So do you. Now, people in third world countries, they know what daily bread is because they're not sure if today they will or will not have bread. That was the way it was in the first century. Every day they had to go out and, and get for themselves that daily bread. Get for themselves that daily bread. You see what I just did? I'm guilty, right? It's so easy. It's so simple to sin that way. Go get for yourself daily bread. No, no, no. Remember the, the, the feeding of the 5,000? You give them something to eat. We have five loaves and two fish. And then what does Jesus do? He takes the five loaves and two fish. He, he, he blesses God from heaven. And what happens? A miraculous feeding of 5,000 with limited resources. We are not self-sufficient. We are God-sufficient. And that's what these temptations are really about. You are not self-sufficient. You need your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You need him in your life. Because you need him to atone for your sins. Because if you're like me, and you're like Paul, the good that we want to do, you and I and Paul, we don't do. The bad that we don't want to do, that's the very thing that we keep on doing. Who will rescue us from this pit of death? Thanks be to God, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to finish up the sermon by teaching you an, ac an, an acronym. We like these things, you know. I especially like, um, was it, TLRs or TLAs, three-letter acronyms? Never mind. But this one is a four-letter acronym. So through the Holy Spirit, TTHS. So everything I'm about to say now is TTHS. Everything I'm about to tell you is TTHS. You're going to hear it as though it's something that you need to do, but it's not. It is TTHS. It is through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk to you about the sanctified life. Can you resist temptation? You better believe you can. TTHS. You can resist temptation. God has given you that power. He's given it to you through his word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say no to the devil? Yes. TTHS. Can you now love your spouse? You better believe it. TTHS. Can you now keep the commandments of God? Yes, but only TTHS. Not in and of yourself or by yourself. So this is not, it's okay to have a model, but it's not just a model. It is an actual, real way to live a life by the sanctified Holy Spirit. And our lives are the TTHS through the Holy Spirit. Are we able to use God's word to defeat the devil? Oh yeah, TTHS. You know, as Jesus is temp tempted, and he is perfect through that temptation, his perfection is now given and granted to us. It is imposed on us by the word of God. Now, as you struggle with sin, and you will, go to God's word and stand from there. I'll leave you with this last word, and it is from uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, 
He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up, so you can stand up under it. This is not running away from temptation, but it is giving you a way to stand up in the midst of temptation. And church, what is that way? As I have preached it today, TGHS, through the Holy Spirit, by and through the power of the Word of God, we're done. So we say amen. Now may the peace of God, which transcends our ability to understand, guard your hearts and your minds, always never focus on your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and on the Holy Spirit. Amen.